Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You graduate ASU. Go racing back to New Jersey. Come racing back to New Jersey. And what, what's the first thing you do? I go buy a magazine called Backstage. Right. It was a magazine where they would publish all the auditions that were union and non-union. Obviously, I'm non-union. I just graduated college. So I would pick up an- Look up all the non-union auditions. And the Backstage would sell out. Like you would have- Oh, yeah. You had to go early in the morning. You had to go early. Yeah. Yeah. And get, get an issue backstage. And then I would go on auditions. And um, my job was I was a substitute teacher. And I got a permanent substitute teaching gig because there was a teacher who put a piece of gum on a kid's head and then smacked it with a book. So she had to go home for six months. Very nice. (laughs) So she had to go home for six months and I became a permanent. What did you teach? 
I taught seventh and eighth grade reading and English at a, oh. at a Catholic school in Palisades Park, New Jersey. Oh, Maya, God, <laughs> Maya, oh, God, my, that's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and you and you were going on auditions. Now, and in I'm the going now- on auditions, and this is important. Marshall Mason, my teacher that I mentioned from Arizona State, hooks me up with an acting teacher in New York called Tanya Berzin, who lets me work for her in exchange for classes. That's great. Class is all soap stars. Cameron Matheson, Josh Dumal, Brandon Roche, who becomes Superman. So now I'm in my dream world because my dream is to be on General Hospital. I'm in an acting class with a bunch of soap stars. Two of them are on As the World Turns, Terry Kahn and Jamie Dudney, who's Barbara Mandrell's daughter. They get me a gig as an extra on As the World Turns. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be an extra in the diner. Then I'm going to order a piece of pie. Then right. I'm going to become a star. This right. is a given. And then like 19 months later, you could only recognize me from the back of my head. I, <laughs> asked, I asked Tanya Berezin what I should do. She tells me no one's ever going to cast you because they don't know what to do with you. Do a one woman show and show them like who you are and how right. to cast you. Good advice. So I start researching one woman shows. And I watched John Leguizamo's first one. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do a one-woman show. I'm going to become a comedian. Right. And I go to Caroline's Comedy Club. I sign up for a comedy class with Mike Irwin. He was amazing. I love Mike Irwin. Yes. He was such a good man. We were so lucky to have him. And he puts us in the first class. He makes us go on stage. He gives us a list of open mics, and I go to my first open mic ever where? The duplex with Poppy Kramer. I love the duplex. That was just for the duplex, not for Poppy Kramer. And the rest was was history. That was it. Poor Poppy Kramer. Poppy Poppy 100% gave me my start because I was going to, like, this room at Ha and this other room and, and nothing was working out. And when I went to the duplex, it was the like, duplex was I found my crowd. I found my friends. I found my right. coaches. I found the people who put me on shows. Right. And then of course you go from open mics to what? Bringers with Chris. Right. Bringers. Well, I didn't I do that. Them. We didn't have to do that. I'm so lucky. I started in the eighties. What did you, did you ever have to bark? No. Do you know what barking is? Yes, because I, I'm here in Provincetown. I have a house here, and I started working here in 92. And the, that's how the only way to get an audience was to bark and hand out flyers at the beach, which they don't allow anymore, <laughs> God. But, yeah, barking, yeah. that's so, how I got people in my shows. First, you had to do bringer shows for Gotham, which is if you bought, like, five people, you got, like, five minutes on stage. Yeah. And you get, like, four people, and they'd be so mad that they had to buy the drink minimum right. and you never got on stage. You lost friends. Right. Then you had to bark. I never had to bark because they were not going to make They weren't putting you out in the bark. I'm <laughs> corner barking. Yeah. So I'm at my third comedy show, and Dean Obidala, my brother, oh, my mother, mother walks in. I see him. I'm like, that dude's Arab, which is crazy because he looks Italian. He's and half Italian. Yeah. But yeah. like I saw Arab. I saw the eyebrows. I was like, right, right. Arab. And Dean and I joined forces. And again, the rest was history. I love him. 
And rest in peace, Poppy Kramer. Rest um, in peace, Poppy. Oh. So and Mike Irwin. Mike Irwin. Mike, yeah. rest in peace. Um, so you're doing stand up. You're you're sort of the people that you respect: Whoopi Goldberg, Roseanne Barr, Ellen. You like badass women, except Ellen's not a badass woman. Well, can but. we, I was just about to say, can we switch out Roseanne Barr and Ellen for Elaine Boozler and Margaret Cho? Yes. And, Thanks. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Elaine Boozler, Margaret Cho, Whoopi Goldberg, no Judy Gold, of course. But um, no, but do you know how young I was? Like the first time I ever did a show with you, it was within the first two, three years of my career. Really? Yeah. Oh, poo poo. Yeah. You were so funny and you still you. are. Oh, yeah, so I love badass women, but also not conventionally beautiful. Right. Because I never... Oh, that's why I wasn't on the list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you you have a car. Now, a lot of people don't know this. So for the no- people who don't know comedy, when you're first starting out, <laughs> if you have a car... You, you can get a thousand gigs yep. because the key is you drive the other you drive and you open and you open the show drive and open and you yep. get so much stage time. Yep. So here you are driving all these guys from New York. Cause there would never be two women on a show Never to New Jersey or Connecticut or wherever Westchester, you know, uh, for their one nighters and you have uh, CP and you're mm-hmm. driving them to their gig and then mm-hmm. opening. Yes. I mean, fucking hilarious. And I'm not telling people that I have CP. I'm not hiding it. I have the luxury disability tag that everybody wants. So not only do I have a car and I can drive people by, they're parking wherever I go, but I'll never forget, like they would get in the car and they'd be like, I'd be like shaking. I I shake a lot. Right, right. And I'm like shaking as I'm doing breakneck speeds down the turnpike. And these people would be white knuckling the door. Did anyone anyone ever say no? No. Uh -uh. Did anyone ever say like, yo, slow down or. No, but they always offered to drive for me. Do you want me to drive? Do you want me to drive? And I'd be like, no. No. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I drove people for at least 18 months. I drove Tony Rock. I drove Paul Mercurio. I drove Colin Quinn. And like you said, there were no women. Right. And, and of course I, not. I would do a spot at like Chubby's Pig and Poke and like yeah. Dress Factory. And I would get right. to even Helium. Right. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. People don't realize that we never get to work together. Ever. Never. Especially <laughs> then. That one time a year that they do a women's show. Right. <laughs> so you end up doing an episode. First of all, you do end up going on General Hospital, correct? I got General Hospital May 17th of 2019. So it took me 20 years. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I got it. Doesn't matter. But you, your first like regular sort of TV gig, which came out of nowhere, was with Keith Olbermann. Yeah. correct? Yes. How did you get that? Okay. (laughs) So they were looking for an Arab comic. All the Arab men had booked a gig in Saudi Arabia. For some insane reason, I didn't get that gig. 
So I was the only. Was it because you have a vagina? It could be because I have breasts. Vagina and double D breasts. Okay. It might be because of that. Yes. And I'm also lacking another appendage that they would like me to have. Right. And so there were no Arabs in town. And so they recommended me to Keith. And I went on um, and, the, and I, I stayed with him for, for almost two years. Yeah. So you're, they put you in a rolling chair. Yeah. So it's my first time doing any camera work where my face right. to the camera instead of back of my head. And instead of putting me at the table with him, and you know this because you go on shows, it's very challenging when you have to talk to a host through an earpiece. Right, right. First of all, they put an earpiece in my brain damaged head, which to me just sounds like buzzing. Like right. I can hear the people, but I can hear the hum way louder. And, right. And you're in a separate room. And I'm in a separate oh, room. I hate that fucking room. On yeah. a spinning rolling chair with one camera in my face. And I'm trying not to spin so that, again, back of my head's on the screen, but also trying not to roll off screen because it's a very tight shot. Right. However, I get in a killer Sarah Palin joke. It's at Sarah Palin time. And she had, he asked me about Sarah Palin. I said, I think she enjoys shooting gummy bears because she had said something about shooting caribou. So I made it like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And he just laughed so hard. And I thought that they would never invite me back because I was white knuckled trying to hold on right, to the right, chair. Right. And when you're trying to perform, if you look nervous, it's not good. Um, but they liked my stuff and he brought me back as a full-time contributor. And the next day he left MSNBC and we went to Current TV. Wow. And I was with Keith Overman at Current TV when Al Gore turned the lights off on us. No, I, yes. I was there that day, but I had left earlier. That's so funny. Um, were you doing Stephanie Miller? I did, uh, uh, John, did John Fugel John Fugel sang. Yeah. So. That's a white guy there. Yeah. But a great white guy. <laughs> I love him so much. Hey everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, 
very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So you do this Keith Olbermann and you start getting hate mail. Oh, yeah. This is the first time. First time. So I got heckled like any other woman in any other club ever right. got heckled. You know, suck my dick. That, that, but nobody was like personally attacking me. So right. I get home from doing Keith Overman and I Google myself because that's what we do, right? I do it all the time and I have no shame. I don't, I can't stand it. I've and, learned my lesson. Oh, I love it. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So I get home, I Google myself and the internet's trying to figure out what's wrong with me because Keith and I didn't discuss the CP. So the nice people are saying things like it's Botox gone wrong. She's drunk. She's coked out of her mind. And then the mean people were like, she's an honor killing gone wrong. And then again, I will never forget reading the sentence. The very first night I went on countdown with Keith Overman. Somebody said, poor Gumby mouth terrorist whore. We should probably pray for her. Fuck. Fuck everyone. You motherfucker. And so I had a serious, serious, serious moment where I was like, I'm not fucking going on TV. No, you can't. I don't want to go on TV. I don't want to get made fun of. I'm not fucking going back. In the club, I'm the only person with the mic. I can shut anyone down. I'm not doing this. Right. And then like 10 seconds later, I pulled the Judy Gold. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. I did not spend 10 years because this was literally 10 years into right. my career when For I got one fucking piece of dumb shit. Shit to yeah. tear me down. That's right. And then a whole nother persona gets born. Yeah. In that exactly. moment. Exactly. In that like, moment. Because it makes you stronger. And it's like, who the fuck are you, you disgusting, lazy piece of shit who spends their time saying nasty things about other people while you're fucking eating your goddamn McDonald's fucking bullshit and sitting on your couch, you fucking pot smoking piece of shit, even though I smoke pot. But anyway, in that moment too, yeah, pot is a good thing. In that moment, I'm also like, you know what? I'm going to fucking take this bully out. Because I know other disabled people. I know they're not as badass as me. I know they were raised right, in, right. in Utah and they don't know how to rip off their earrings and fight. So I'm taking out my hoops. I'm taking these people down. And the idea was, A, they get so upset when a woman talks back. Right. You no, know, these are mostly dudes, right? right Majority right, dudes. Right. They hate a woman talking back. But people who are not disabled have a visceral reaction to a disabled person who is smarter, tougher, or cuter. Any of those three things really, really and, masculine. And smart, yeah, smarter is the key word. You, you once said that, that disability is as visual as race. Mm-hmm. 
Which is true, because as a gay, it's like, yeah, of course, certain people, you can immediately tell they're gay. Right. Um, but then, you know, people and people make assumption assumptions. So it's just like when a, <laughs> when a um, racist person sees a person of color and you know the person of color knows immediately that person's racist, you know immediately when someone's approaching you and is being like, oh, poor, poor, poor mate. Yeah. Do you get, do you know, like, can you tell when yes. people are patronizing you or oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would also be shocked. Oh, you just gotta go to dinner with me. Do you know Lynn Rosenberg? How do I know her? She's a comedian, she's really badass. She does shows at Joe's Pub called Famous Cast and Loose. Anyway, okay. we went out to dinner and it was like the first time because comics are never on the same schedule, like you said, right. like we never get to hang out, but we should. So we go and I ask for a straw and the waiter just drags me telling me all about the environment and how there are no straws. And I like fight back and we get into a whole fight. And then the manager comes and brings me straws and gives me like a free meal. And Lynn was like, you do this every night. And I'm like, yep, I do this every night. I was on a date with an Arab guy who didn't speak English. The waiter asked him what I wanted to order. And I was like, hold on. I translated and I was like, he said, I should probably tell you. People won't talk to me if I'm with another person who is visibly not disabled. So just a quick cor correction on your favorite quote. It's one of the banes of my existence. It's a line from my TED talk. The line was supposed to be visible disability, much like race can't be played because you can see it. I was in a TED talk. People were screaming. Sheryl Sandberg was like glaring at me from the wings. And I said, disability, much like race. I like to specify that it's visible because invisible disability is so real. Right. You can't see it. You just right. see if it's lupus right. or bipolar. Right, right. That's what I, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I found something interesting that I read about you. Um, <laughs> that it's so funny because you, you said that when you, because, you know, we talk about the, 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 uh, they dance real slow in Jackson, right? Yeah. And, and I, I was just talking about with someone about how like, Every time there's like a gay guy movie about a the AIDS crisis and they have all these straight men playing gay men dying of AIDS. Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh my God, wasn't that brilliant? And like so brave. That was so brave of that person to act yes. to be a gay person. And I'm like, fuck you. There's plenty of gay actors that could have fucking done it. Yeah. Gay actors with AIDS, right? Do, you, you have said that when you see someone acting as a disabled person, it doesn't look real to you. It doesn't look real to us. It doesn't look real to us. I mean, you know me personally. Can you, I, I understand that you went to UCP and, and imitated CP when you were young, but now knowing me, how- No, no, I, I just did that. That was an acting class, you know, like an exercise. <laughs> oh, good. But, you know, and I did but it. Like, and I have to tell you, my body hurt, hurt for a week. It hurt, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So- Imagine watching someone try to imitate how my mouth moves. Right. How uncomfortable that would make you. Judy. Right. It would make you uncomfortable. So right. when I say that they're cartoonish, offensive, and inauthentic, I'm like, first of all, 
I can't call it good acting if the entire time it looks like a cartoonist clown imitating disability. Disability is not twitches. It's not staring into the distance and pretending you're blind. It's something that is internal that physically manifests itself externally. And so when people say like my left foot, Daniel Day-Lewis was right. I'm like, no, go look at the footage of, of the real artist and it's just uncomfortable. But the problem is twofold. One, famous actors are refusing to turn down the roles. Right, of so course. Someone like Brian Cranston doing The Upside right after working on a show with R.J. Mitty, who is actually disabled. Right, it's right. Like you learned nothing. You're not giving these people a chance to play the roles. So... The statistic is only 2% of roles on television are disabled. 95% are played by actors that identify as non-disabled. And 81% are men. Okay. Ah! Yeah. So that's like what we're up against. Also, you know, I noticed when I did my study on CP, everyone's CP manifested in a different way. Everyone's different. It's not like... You you could have the same brain injury, but it doesn't mean your body's going to react the same. Exactly. Exactly. So fuck you. Also, like, like this is what I'm up against is I'm trying to get the role of someone from CP and I'm up against Julia Roberts. So you need the famous actors to say, absolutely, no, I will not do it. But also nothing is accessible. Right. Right. So they're like, hey, Maysoon, you know, disabled actors, we're holding an audition on the 37th floor in a Brooklyn walk up. They need to ride a bucket. Oh, uh, I know. Right. And so like when I finally get an opportunity for somebody, the studio is not accessible. The audition is not accessible. Right. The insurance is panicking about how much it's going to cost. So the first obstacle is trying to get people to cast us. The second one is having things be accessible for us. But we exist. There's 4,000 people with disabilities who are like real actors, not just right. trying to be actors like in SAG. And right. I know. Fuck you. And half the people who are real actors are fucking suck anyway. So, um... <laughs> but 20 years later, General Hospital gave me a chance. They wrote my character without CP. She's a lawyer. We've never apologized for it. We've never explained fucking it. Never... And What's her I'm name? Zara Amir. Yeah, my, baby. My name is Zara Amir, and 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 my character is making soap history because she's the first person that can't be healed. I love it, but I can be brought back from the dead. All right, well that's good. That's all <laughs> you performed for the one and only Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. What was that like? I fucking love him. <sighs> everything. It was like everything. So I got to perform for Muhammad Ali at a show called the Khalil Gibran Awards. It's a black dye event. So I also got to wear an Escada dress. And because I'm a lost Kardashian, I like to dress up and stuff. I was in the perfect, perfect dress. It was a wedding dress dyed black. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it was the only show my father ever saw live. Oh. He was not Muslim and he didn't like the bar thing. Right. So this was the perfect, you know, atmosphere. Was oh, he your date? He was my date. Oh, I love that. It was the only time in his life he ever wore a tuxedo. Oh. We met Muhammad Ali and he told my dad that I was funny. Okay. That, I you said, could die. You could yeah. die. And I said a line on stage when I got on stage, I said, 
this is the most magical night of my life because I get to perform for a man who floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee, has Parkinson, and shakes just like me. Ah! Oh, oh my God, they must have loved it. Went nuts, nuts. And you know who else performed that night? Who? Dino Vidala. Oh, Dini We co-headlined, co yeah. So you and Dean work together a lot, and you yeah. have an organization called Maysoon's Kids. Uh-huh. Can you tell... You're not acting like you're into that fucking question. <laughs> you're like, all right, okay. So in... Yeah, uh, yeah. So I saw him first... Okay, so Dean and I produced something called the New York American Comedy Festival together. We're in our 16th year. My biggest regret is that damn name. It's so long, and we could have clearly just called it the Arab Comedy Festival. I know. Why don't you just change it? <laughs> you can't. There's like a whole branding thing. Oh, fuck everyone. All this crap. But um, Mason's Kids. So I'm making money hand over fist as a comedian. Unheard Same. of. I know. I can't stop. Unheard wait, wait, let me get my maid. Come here. No. Get this over is, here. Yeah, this, is two, this, is, this is like the early 2000s. I'm right, making my right. money. I live with my mom because you're not allowed to leave the house until you get married. Right. So I don't have to pay rent. I have a lot of money. So I see this movie with Michelle Pfeiffer called Dangerous Minds. I decide I'm going to go to the Middle East. And I'm going to save refugee children from getting shot and killed by the Israeli army by okay. teaching them stand-up comedy. Okay. I get there. They have no shoes, they have no food, and they have no education. So I quickly shift my charity work to mainstreaming disabled and wounded refugee children. And that is my goal. And that's why I work towards both on my own, but also with Playgrounds for Palestine and also the UN Refugee association mm -hmm. because when I went to start school in New Jersey, they rejected me from public school. They wanted to send me basically to an institution and my parents fought and had me mainstreamed. And I think if my parents had listened to them and not mainstreamed me, I wouldn't be with you right now today doing this. And so my goal is to mainstream disabled and wounded children worldwide into the education system. Oh my God. I love you so much. Thank you. Um, and okay. we also create really easy formats for teachers and parents to follow so that they can make adjustments when they don't have the financial means to. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV, Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger Liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what liquid IV does. It hydrates you 
with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them, and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Before we go, because I could actually talk to you for another <laughs> hour. So I ask, I always ask two questions of my, my podcast guests. One is what you do and especially now during this fuck face shit ass oh, motherfucking take it. Shit! Fuck! It. Um, how are you yep. do you do you take antidepressants how do you do you what do you do for your mental health like because we're very mental health i don't know so i've been taking care of my mental health for the past 20 years touring because i fly up to 280 days a year so I've always been very, very conscious of it. I, you know, I try to like watch stuff that I love and I do yoga, which I know everybody hates. Right. I eat Doritos, which seem to have some weird calming effect on me, but nothing's worked in the pandemic. So I decided to just let it go. And I'm kind of batshit crazy. And the word crazy is ableist. And I regret using an ableist word, but I'm batshit crazy. I don't know what else to call it. Right. I'm highly functional from about 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then I just fall apart. I don't know what day it is. I get in my car and I drive up to three hours. I drive up to the Appalachian Trail. I drive down to Long Branch, but I don't get out of my car. I'm just stuck in my car because I'm high-risk COVID, so I'm trying not to get it because it'll probably kill me because my lungs shake, so I can't afford anything like that. So I drive my car nonstop. I watch a TV show called Cobra Kai. It's the Karate Kid 30 years later. Oh, I heard that was really good. Unbelievable. And it's the only thing that makes me forget. I have no income, no audience and no end in sight when I watch Cobra Kai. Um, I'm not big. I, I'm not big on like you know medicating or or like right, right, stuff right. like that. I also don't like depressively eat, but I eat Doritos a lot, and they have like a I'm thing glad that you relaxes. Fucking, I'm glad your fucking drug of choice is Doritos. Because okay? <laughs> and, and I'm sure they don't make you nearly at, gain as much weight as my fucking real antidepressants. So um, I don't gain or lose weight no matter what. In July of 2016, my mother 
forced me to start walking three miles a day, like a drill sergeant. And Michael Moore, who is such a piece of garbage, had started walking at the exact same time. He lost 40 pounds. I'm the same weight. Guys, always lose weight. They can work out. Two weeks later, they're buff. It's not fucking fair, okay? Also, I'm writing a comic book for 8 to 12-year-olds, and that's really helping me keep saying- Oh, I bet that's great. totally escape. I dip into that world. From 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., I pay my typist. I dip into that world. I escape from all of this, and it really helps me. But I, I, I had everything under control. I don't now. And I know I, none of us. I just and, don't. I mean, I the only and and it's not even that great. Is the only thing that's comforting is knowing that every fucking other person is in the same boat. But the other thing that just like I cannot become, and I can't figure it out. Because 323 million people are allowing a goddamn incompetent game show host, grifter, pathological liar. Liar, misogynist, racist, racist, dumb, uncurious, fucking classless, bigot, bigot, fucking bully, fucking piece of shit motherfucker. But we're staying with him in charge. We're like 45,000 people are dead and we're staying with him in charge. No, 25th Amendment. They're all fucking assholes. Fuck you. And all you fucking COVID protesters, I I hope you get it, okay? And that the the nurses will not fucking treat you for fucking putting their lives in danger, you fuckheads. Now- You know, somebody posted the other day, can we put all the COVID protesters where the Mexican babies are and free them instead? Yes, that's a good idea. Page them up. Um, what pisses you off more than, it's called Kill Me Now, because I get this mm-hmm. off and everything. What pisses you off more than anything in the entire world? Well, I guess we just said it. The yeah, fact that an admitted sexual predator is in the White House, that he gets to spew bigotry nonstop, that I get death threats because Donald Trump has convinced people that Muslims are the enemy while, while de-dicking MBS. You know right. what I mean? Like, we're the enemy, but you sold millions and millions of dollars to arms to Saudi Arabia. That pisses me off. Animal cruelty. Oh my Oh my God. God. No. Oh my G dash D fuck the worst. Who the fuck is mean to a helpless animal? Why why are you kicking a cat? What the hell makes you kick what a the cat? Fuck? There's videos all over the place. I know, and people watch it. Mind. It's so these people are fucked up. Yeah. And then finally, what pisses me off, and I mean this, is when People ask their partner before they do something that doesn't require you to ask your partner. Like what? So it's not like, hey, can we hang out on Monday night? And you're like, let me ask my partner to see if we have plans. It's like, do you like gelato? And they're like, I don't know. Frankie, do I like Yeah, I know. I don't like that either. See, there's a way of doing it like, yeah, I think I can, but I just have to make sure I, I'm not missing something. Can I get back to you? Not like, uh, uh, you know, I have to tell you. Know I mean? I- they literally ask, do I like this? I'm like, do you like pasta? I don't know. Frankie, do I like pasta? I know. Yeah, I, I hate it. that shit. Why is Frankie now? What the fuck? That pisses me off. Yeah, I hate that. 
Oh, it also pisses me off that we haven't had a woman present. Oh. Like, there's been like 15 Muslim women presents, but talk about me being impressed. Oh, I know. I, every other, I read a list of all the countries that have had female leaders, but, uh, except for us. You know what pisses me off too? And this is going to get, everyone's going to be like, you're an asshole. But everyone's like, you know, the vice president has to be a woman of color, a woman of color. Why does the vice president have to be? We've, we've had a, an African-American male president. Why can't it just be a woman? Why is it that, you know, the first woman also has to check off a hundred other boxes? Because you know? that's what they're trying to do. It's like giving Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar the New York Times pick because women have to share everything. Right. So I think one of the reasons, listen, I was part of the it has to be a woman of color team until Elizabeth Warren floated to the top. Right. And I'm like, it has to be Elizabeth Warren because we need someone who's ready to go. Ready to go, has plans, and yeah. And can obliterate both Trump and Pence, like she did Bloomberg. Right. I think the reason is because we know this country is so bigoted and hateful that they'll never elect one. And Joe Biden dying right after the inauguration is our best chance of having a woman of color as president. But also, God forbid, by the way. Huh? Like G-D forbid anything can happen. But I'm saying, you know, like also put, you know, put women in your cabinet. Make the government, all these uh, departments run by women. You know, the guy, look, guys, you've had the fucking pulpit for how long? You suck. Look at the situation we're in, you fucking assholes. Look at all the women governors who are doing great Great thing. And the scientists. Globally, globally, the countries with the lowest rates of infection that have battled by women are all led by women. But I want Joe Biden to do the opposite what everyone else does and just have an almost fully woman cabinet. Right. You have Warren as your VP. You have uh, Kamala as your AG. You have Michelle Obama as a SCOTUS. Right, just makes them like their heads. Oh my! But she'll never do it because you're, you know, she won't do it. But she would be fucking awesome. She's a lawyer, you know. But that's that's like my only my only. Yeah. Because look at what we trickled down to: two septuagenarians, one who was clearly superior to the other. Right. But I mean, it's like I wanted pralines and cream and ended up with vanilla. Right. Which is better than the literal shit cone. Right, pretending to be chocolate. He's a fucking piece of fuck. Can you imagine that we haven't said enough's enough? He can't handle this. We're literally dying. They're they're afraid of him. They don't fucking care. They have to be voted out. You're all fucking assholes. I'm done. All all these people who are like, oh, blah, blah. I'm done. There's no excuse for supporting that man. He has killed so many people. This brings us full circle. Why do I fight back bullies? Because if you don't, this is what happens. Exactly. Nice, girlfriend. Okay. I would like to end with one of my favorite quotes of Masoon Zayed. <laughs> it's so amazing. And watch her TED Talk, you motherfuckers. Now you can. In 2014. And you said... If you think I'm inspirational because I wake up in the morning and don't weep about the fact that I'm disabled, that's not inspirational. That's like, I make you feel better about yourself because you're not me. I want you to feel better about yourself because I made you laugh. I 
fucking have chills right now just reading that and tears in my eyes. You are a gem. You are a gift. I'm sorry he fucked up the fucking birth, but you're one of a kind and you have had such an effect on so many people's lives and you're such an inspiration to me and so many and you're hilarious. And uh, you know what? I, I fucking think I, God bless you. You're the fucking best. Thank you so much. I learned it from watching you. And oh, stop. The, no, it was a commercial from the nineties. No. Oh. <laughs> The boy catches his dad doing drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dad, Where did you learn it? I learned it from watching what you. Do? I learned it from watching you. But um, this podcast really helped me because I've been having a very hard time. And this was an amazing escape. So thank you. Oh, uh, anytime. We can go on Instagram yeah, live too. What? You're I'm so glad. I'm going to do other shit. We'll go on Instagram live uh, next yes. week. Okay, okay, and we'll and we'll and we will uh, promote it because you're fucking a gem, a gem. So yeah. where can people find you? Tell everyone you where can they can find me at maysoon.com. M a y s o o n. Like the month of May is coming soon. Right. Maysoon.com, and on there you can find my Instagram, my YouTube, my Twitter, um, and most importantly, I have a book called Find Another Dream on Audible. You can go there. And listen to my book that tells all these stories. And uh, right now you can find me in my house in Cliffside Park. And if you pay $25, I'll probably tap dance for you. Oh, nice. My cat nice. or something that gets you off. All right. That's great. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Maysoon Zayed. If you like the show, which how can you not, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this incredible podcast. Five stars only, please. Thank you. Also, if you like my opinion, which <laughs> how can you not? I mean, it's always correct. <laughs> my new book, which I'm very proud of, Yes, I Can Say That, is now available for pre-order and it will be released on July 28th. It is equal parts thoughtful, it's hilarious, and it actually, it talks about the current efforts to censor comedians. When you censor comedians, you undermine the art of comedy and the purpose of comedy itself, and I believe in freedom of speech. So you have to read this book because you'll love it. It would also mean so much to me if, you know, you would go to my website and pre-order. That's judygold.com. It's right on my homepage. I'm telling you, it's great, and I already got two really good reviews. So it's, yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. And as always, please make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You'll get all uh, my upcoming virtual dates at Judy Gold at J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew Gold. <laughs> and please stay safe, stay well, and don't go to the State House with your guns. It's not good. And as we always say, so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 